This is a testimony from Trish from our Revelation Wellness Community Facebook page. She says, so much of me has changed since week one, exclamation point. My race day is in sight and I am no longer afraid. I am excited. This is my get to. I get to be free and run with my father. If you have been contemplating this couch to 5K, waiting for your word of confirmation, this is it. Go for it. I promise you will not be disappointed. Thank you, Elisa Keaton and Rev Well. And thank you, Trish. If you have not heard, we have a Couch to 5K program. If you've been hearing about it and thinking about it, now would be the time to get it into your mind and body. We Right now, it is um, to prepare you 10 weeks out from our next virtual 5K day. We just did this on Labor Day. We All the people who have done the Couch to 5K program or um, are capable of heading out their front door and moving and potentially running for three miles, uh, they did the Labor Day virtual 5K together. We put out that podcast, episode 498. You can go back and do it yourself. But you can progressively train. We can take you from step one of learning how to run, not just faster, but better. We strengthen you from the inside and the whole time you are hearing my voice coach you along and the power of the Holy Spirit doing what only he can do. It's, there's no other Couch to 5K program out there like it. You can get it now. Swipe up on the show notes and be ready to do our next virtual 5K with us, which will be Thanksgiving morning. Can you believe it? Okay, so maybe you need to know this. It's 10 weeks till Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay, what is going on? 10 weeks to Thanksgiving, and we would love to have you participate uh, in this virtual 5K with us and be fully ready for that. Today, I am bringing you an interview I did with the author of the book, All the Feels, Discover Why Emotions Are Mostly Awesome and How to Untangle Them When They Are Not. This is a book written by Elizabeth Lang Thompson. You guys, we had a great time talking. This girl gets me. I I mean, come on, the title alone. Mostly awesome, yes, mostly awesome are our feelings, but we can learn to let them be the teachers they are. They don't have to be our masters. Elizabeth said a statement in the interview that it has stayed with me, and I've used it on my kids, I've used it in Revelation Wellness, I'm using it everywhere, and it was her husband who said this to her one day when she was frustrated with something and feeling that frustration, and her husband said to her, Elizabeth, you can either be frustrated or fascinated. Yes, you guys. You know I'm teaching this all the time. We have got to become more curious about things that we're experiencing and less judgmental, less harsh, less protected. That self-protection gets in the way. This episode today is going to bless you. I hope you get a cup of coffee, kombucha, tea, go for a walk, listen to this um, episode, and get Elizabeth's book. It's a great book. Um, Highly encourage it as well. Okay, swipe up on the show notes for the Couch to 5K, and I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Elizabeth, welcome to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. Welcome to my home gym, kind of, sort of. We were just talking about how your kids are working out doing P90X right now during the COVID. 
Yes. Yes. I'm like looking with envy at your, your uh, gym there and like yeah. thinking, oh, that's what I really should have done earlier oh, today. Please. I didn't no. get my workout in today. No, no, no shame. You're, you're living, breathing, moving. You're doing it right. That's right. <laughs> so you wrote this. I love the title of your book, All the Feels, All the Feels. Um, and I want to know, as from one big feeler to another big feeler, that's oh. what you call yourself. Why did you write this book? What was it? Oh my goodness. You know, I like to write the books that I have always needed that don't exist. Yeah, come on. <laughs> wow, so it's true. For me, this was the book that I, I wish I had had. You know, I just mm -hmm. wished somebody would have helped me wrap my brain and my heart around what it means to be a big feeler. Mm -hmm. um, why God gives us big feelings when they do come. Because not everyone is a big feeler, but everybody has them sometimes. Um, and just give me scriptures, give me strategies of how do I amplify my strengths, yeah. but also deal with the tangled ones. Because as yeah. you probably well know, if you are indeed a big feeler, those yes, feelings can, can lead us more than we would like them to sometimes, and they can get a bit tangled. So yeah, this is the book that I needed and that has been kind of at work in my heart for my whole life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the title alone, Discover Why Emotions Are Awesome and How to Untangle Them When They're Not. <laughs> Elizabeth, teach us how to untangle them when they're not. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'll try. Yeah. But <laughs> Tell us something. What does someone need to know in the untangling process? In the untangling process, you know, I've been, obviously I've been thinking about this a lot lately as I've had beginning to get the opportunity to talk about it with people. You know, one of my biggest, um, biggest strategies, things that helps me the most is, and it sounds so simple, but yeah. personally, when I'm in a big emotional crisis, I like simple. <laughs> yeah. It's just writing it down. Come listing on. and labeling your feelings, you know, because sometimes you sort of have this vague sense of anxiety yeah. or panic or being overwhelmed or insecure and you can't, it's so slippery. You can't get yeah. your hands wrapped around it. So if you try to force those feelings into the confines of words on paper, yeah, sometimes you find out, oh, like I'm not worried about 18 things. I'm not insecure in That's a good. million ways. I am worried about the same thing 18 different ways. <laughs> it's one problem I need to tackle. <laughs> that I can do. I can do yeah. one as opposed yeah. to 18 or a million. <laughs> That's so true. So, yeah. That is so, so good. Big fan of this. Are you a journaler by nature? I, oh, obsessively journaling. Yes. I have um, like, you know, a bookshelf full. <laughs> My question to you yeah. is, what will you do with your journals when you die? <laughs> I feel like the year, you know, when I think the end is nigh, I need to yeah. grab them and burn them all. Are you a so burner? No okay. one knows. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my inner, because I am honest in my journal. That's right. I say to people, if people find your journal and you don't look crazy, you didn't journal the way journaling is meant to like help us <laughs> untangle. Truly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You didn't put the real stuff down there. So tell me how you see God and feelings. How do those okay. two work out? Absolutely. Well, you know, I, one of the things I wrote about in the book is several years ago, and I've been a Christian for a long time, but really this moment only came several years ago. I was reading Psalm 139 for like the billionth time, which... <laughs> 
who doesn't love Psalm 139? It's, you know, oh Lord, you have searched me and you You know know me. me. You know, when I sit and when I rise, you've perceived my thoughts from afar. Come on. You, You created my inmost being. And I, I was reading that and I just had this moment where I was like, oh my goodness. God made me a big feeler on purpose. Oh, yeah. Likes me this way. Because I think when you're someone who has a lot of feelings, you feel like you're too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, oh, you're gotcha. too sensitive, too mm-hmm. insecure, mm-hmm. anxious, too everything. Gotcha. And it, fe- it can feel like a weakness. And it was the first time that I realized oh my goodness, these things are a gift. Um, they're not a curse. <laughs> yeah. no, I need to learn how to manage them in ways that honor God, but, but he loves me this way. And, and the Bible is a richly emotional book with once you start looking for them, just incredible tools in there for here's how you use your emotions in God honoring ways. Here's how you deal with the big and the ugly and the embarrassing you can take it to God. He can handle it. His shoulders are big enough. His emotions yeah. are big enough. Yeah. He's not going to run so away screaming. So good. Okay. Give us a scenario. Give us a real life situation where you've got to work yourself into the lap of the Lord with your emotions. Oh. I know you talked about journaling, but can you give us like a, a real breakdown for some? Yes. Okay. Well, um, let's take mom guilt. Um, okay. I am a mom good of one. four. And, you know, especially in recent months with juggling, working at home, kids feel like stress. you feel bad because your kids are on iPads longer than you ever would dreamed or imagined. Yes. I mean, all our limits are like out the window, right? you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like, and, and so kids being home and if they're home, I want to be with them. But right now, like I still actually do have jobs and (laughs) have to work while they're home. So all of these like normal parameters that we set in place are just, they're not there. And so I can get, I can go spiral real quick in the mom guilt area. I'm, you know, and it's those horrible things we say to ourselves. I'm a bad mom, which even is that like, Right. Good question. (laughs) Define that, but I'm a bad mom. I'm not doing enough. I'm not um, protecting them enough. I'm not listening and present enough. I'm not playing with them enough. I'm not doing crafts enough. Yes. I'm not Pinteresting enough. (laughs) Every meal is yes. not perfectly yes. whole. Yes, whole from, third approved and now yes, there yeah, are out of your background at your boxes. garden. <laughs> yes. We got takeout. You know, I'm sorry. So it can just spiral so fast. And and um so that's where I have to again like usually where I start when I start feeling that tangle forming and it's like I can't figure out where one stress mm-hmm. ends and another begins. That my first step is sit down with paper in the so presence good. of God. And it's almost like writing a prayer, like, dear God, here are the things that I am feeling bad about in my parenting yeah. and just listing. Okay. So well, I've been less patient than I would like to be. Um, I yeah. have been stressed or, yeah. you know, this, 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 and just listing and then reading a scripture or two that helps to kind of reorient of, okay, well, what does God want me to do about these things. If I, let's say you list it and you do find a mistake, you do find something yeah. you'd like to change. Okay. Well, what does scripture say about that? And then just presenting it to God. This is the thing that I think we underestimate the power of when we 
pray about these things that a lot of times we feel like are silly and we don't want to bother God with like, why would God care about my mom guilt? God does care about your mom guilt. Yeah. You and your kids. Yeah. You walk away from that prayer, not with your problem solved, but knowing that the eyes of the creator are especially on those things and he is working. And, and you find once you've prayed in detail through all these things you listed, you start seeing Mm-hmm. And it's not that it's not there when we don't pray for it, but you really start seeing, oh, God did this with my son. God gave yeah. me a moment with my daughter. He it's gave good. me, you know, I, I accomplished a lot in a small conversation. So or, good. You know, you just start seeing him at work and it That's really good. takes away that guilt. It's so important <clears throat> with feelings because feelings aren't facts. They're feelings. But there are facts of God. So when you think about the things he has done in light of an avalanche of a feeling, doesn't it just, it self-arrests you. Like as you're sliding down the avalanche, it's like the pick in a, you know, you just pull it out and wait a minute. This is what God has done. What do you think of God's heart as a feeler? Who is he? Like, cause I read the Bible, you know, when you read the Bible, I remember when I first started reading it as a young girl, I feel like God seemed aloof, Jesus seemed almost aloof in a sense, like, how come he's not getting angry there? How come he's not, you know, or just, I didn't, was not seeing the emotional response that I equated life to. So how do, how do we reconcile the feelings of who God is as, and then we're in his Imago day as his design? Yes. You know, um, one of the things that I really tried to do in all the fields is to just pack it with a lot of scripture, mm. especially if you're not that familiar with your Bible yet. And you're kind of like, I, you mm. know, you're telling me God's emotions are there. You're telling me God loves me. I have no idea even where to look. So mm. I tried to really pack it with a lot of examples. The old Testament to me, I mean, it can be intimidating if you've never read it before, but you yeah. really get the yeah. heart of God, the intense passion City. of God yeah. for his people. Now, mm. I think sometimes if you don't have a big picture thing, you can kind of get hung up on, well, God seems angry a lot yeah. in the Old Testament. And is that yeah. at me? I actually yeah. have a whole chapter in the book about like, what do you do as a big feeler when there's a scripture that kind of throws you and you're like, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. do I <laughs> Why did he say that? And it can yeah. kind of. That's my daughter. Out. I have a 17 year old daughter that's wrestling with some scriptures right now. And she's a big feeler, big empath. Yes. So yeah. What do you do? Yeah. Well, I, I totally stole this phrase from my husband. Um, Great. He's like, um, you can become frustrated or fascinated. Oh. Isn't that so good? <laughs> oh my so, gosh. That is so in line with things we teach about. Instead of being condemning of yourself, be more curious. Instead of condemning your thighs, my thighs are fat. They t- Why don't you just be curious about your thighs? And this objectivity versus subjectivity. That's so good. Yes. So you can yes. be, say it again, you can be. So you can be frustrated, frustrated. or you can be fascinated. fascinated. Let's say you find a scripture in the Bible where God seems angry and you don't get why. Or 
where Jesus seems aloof and you don't understand why he's not reacting the way we would expect him to react. Well, my husband has really helped me to learn to lean into that and say, okay, well, let's think about that more. Let's study it more. Instead of just pulling back and assuming the worst, let's assume the best. Let's start from a place of trust and let's study it more. It's not wrong to have questions. It's not wrong to wonder. But what you do find is an intense well of love and compassion and grace. And, Mm. you know, kind of like with, I think with parents, why do we get mad at our kids? Because we love them so so doggone much, you know, and we, we want the best and we never want them to get hurt and we want to protect them, you know? Right. So that's where God, any anger you see, it comes from that intense love. He's a jealous God, jealous in the sense of like, I just want you in my arms. I want to take care of you. Yes. Yes. I always say not jealous of us, jealous for For, us. Yes. Mm. Okay. You talk about building a happy home or a happy house, happy home. Tell us about that. Okay. So this came from a really embarrassing story in my early married days when my husband was just beginning to understand who he had married. <laughs> the <death of laughs> the veil was lifted. <laughs> Literally the veil <laughs> was lifted and all Here the feelings go. came flooding out. <laughs> oh, so, so, so we had, I don't even know anymore what I was upset about. I, you know, right. we, I had a new job. I, money was tight. Right. There was probably some conflict with somebody who knows, but we're driving home. We pull up into our little driveway of this little rental house and I'm so upset and I'm sort of knocking away all his attempts to sort of freezing me through, you know, <laughs> and he, he just looked at me and, and he said this affectionately. So he wasn't being like condescending or a jerk. <laughs> he goes, do you see that house? And he points at our little house. He goes, that's the happy house. <laughs> and only happy people go in that house. <laughs> He's like, I know you need some time to work this through and pray, but I hope that you will do that. And then come in the happy house with me. And oh, it's so good. Because yes. we have a great life. And yes. We together and it's yes. going to be okay. Yes. But I think what that taught me was, you know, we can put boundaries on our emotions. Like it's we good. can choose the kinds of emotions that we bring into our homes. I'm not saying that we never get waylaid by a feeling we wish we didn't have. Of course we do. But but we do get a say in how long feelings come mm. into our house. And there are tools we can use to kick them out when they're done. You know, like sometimes we have a season of grief and you cannot run away from it. And grief comes knocking at your door and you need to let it in. Mm. But we can also decide when that season, you know, it's time we're, we're ready to move forward. And that yeah. grief can maybe move out into the, a tent in the backyard and not yeah. in, in a bedroom with us, you know? Right. So really just having a happy house is about really being, being intentional with the mood you want in your home. What, mm. how do I want my family to feel? Do I mm. want there to be space for everybody's feelings? Not just the big feelers, but the reluctant and steady feelers in my family, they need room for their feelings too. Mm. It has to do with all of that and the choices we make. Is your husband a feeler? So he is. He's what I call in the book a steady feeler, which 
I love the steadies because they're this beautiful blend of they have big feelings and they have this super deep side, but they have this wonderful ability to kind of box it up and set it aside as needed and deal with it when they're ready to. Whereas a big feeler is more like, it's here, we must open it now. (laughs) (laughs) We must open it. We must deal with it. We must put it in its right, proper place. That's right. Now the steady feeler can sort of soldier on. So they make for great guides and like emotionally intelligent leaders. Um, But you know, the steadies can have their big moments too, where they're like, whoa, I usually can box this up. The box is leaking. What do I do? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. My husband, my husband tends to just, he calls it like, like he kind of goes into his shell. Like if it's too big of an emotion, it's too much in mostly on my side, because I'm very spicy and he'll just kind (laughs) of go into, and he'll even do this motion where he covers his head and goes like that, where I know, oh, I'm flooding him with too much right now. Okay. Okay. Pace yourself, Elisa. Slow it down. You don't have to be a fire hydrant. Right. Sure. Right. You don't have to deal with every feeling all at once. Right. Uh-huh. I know. I know. He's always, sometimes he's looks at me and he goes, wow, that's a lot of self-realization for one day. Cause like I'll come to, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was doing this with the kids. And he's like, wow. How do you do that? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I can do that much in a month or a year. Oh my gosh, for sure, for sure. Hey, tell us how can the Bible help us with painful feelings like anxiety and depression and grief? You know, one of the things that I so appreciate about the Bible is it really validates those feelings. Mm. It acknowledges all of the hard feelings. Yeah. If you read the book of Psalms, I mean, yeah, it is raw. It is intense. Like there are some that you're like, whoa, that made the Bible. Like nobody edited that one out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because it deals with, with anxiety, bitterness, rage, questioning God, all of those hard feelings. And so the Bible, I think first it makes space. It invites us to talk about those things honestly with God. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also really gives us a lot of practical help with directing our thoughts as a way of resetting our emotions, as a way of pointing our feelings um, in the way that God would have them to go. I mean, you've got these beautiful passages like Philippians um, chapter four, where Paul says, hey, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, think about such things, Um, you know, that and, and, and he says, and the God of peace will be with you. Mm-hmm. Um, first Peter talks about cast all your anxiety on the Lord because he cares for you. I mean, it's an invitation to bring these things to God and then choose to think in faithful ways. Not that so we're ignoring true. the problem, so true. Um, but choosing to think in faithful ways. I mean, even goodness, Jesus has such beautiful passages on not worrying and Mm -hmm. so comforting with, Hey, God's going to meet your needs. He knows your needs before you even list them to him. Yeah. So feel free to bring them to him and then let him go and let him worry about it. (laughs) Yeah. Don't you think we need kind of a, an ability to deal? Well, it goes back to what your dad, your dad, your husband was saying, frustrated or fascinated because we tend to want everything tidy and cleaned up and put in a red bow. And this is my emotion of sadness. And here's where sadness ends. You know, like we want it to be so clean where it's not going to be. And so how do that taking that frustration and letting it move into 
fascinating, you know, a fascinating lifestyle. So would you say your development has been going from frustration to fascinating to allowing yourself to feel your emotion without, I remember one time I had a therapist say to me, you know, feelings are great. They're meant to be felt, but not always done. Mm, mm, that's <laughs> like, powerful. That's so good. <laughs> don't, right? You can be mad, but don't do mad or, you know, yeah. that is a different place. So has that development happened in you? Like, can you look back and see your growth as a feeler? I definitely see growth and, and I view it very much as I am still such a work in progress. You know, I, I feel so much more comfortable in my skin as a feeler now than I did Mm. even three years ago, five years ago. I feel so much more, um, free to be honest with God and like anticipate grace instead of judgment. Yeah. um, Which is a huge step of growth for me because I'm writing things down, anticipate (laughs) grace instead of judgment. Got it. I, you know, early in my faith walk for many years of my faith walk, I would say they were very just dominated by guilt and shame, Mm. assumption of wrongdoing and assumption of God being just continually disappointed in me. Um, and so I do think he's brought me a long way in that. But I continue to work on it. I mean, I continue to bring these things to God. I I sometimes still have my messy days and I sometimes still will hit a scripture and have this moment of panic where I'm like, what is this? Like, (laughs) what does this mean? What do I do with this? I don't know where to box it. But at least I think now I have that voice in my head saying, Frustrated, not fascinated. Okay. Yeah. And that helps okay. me kind of calm down and say, okay, yeah. we can, God and I can work through this. We have enough of a base of trust and love and grace together yeah. <laughs> that we can get through this question, this hard thing, this whatever it is that I need to deal with with him. How do you work this out with your kids? How old are your kids? So they are 14, 13, 11, and seven. Wow. Are they what boy, girl, boy, what are we line up? Girl, boy, girl, girl. So oh. lots of feelings. <laughs> I know. I thought I grew up with brothers. My sister came along later. So I was like, I'm going to be a great boy, mom. Yeah. You know, yeah, no. and I get all these girls and all their feelings. So God bless your husband, everyone. Moment of silence for this pastor. He's a pastor, right? Yes, he is. Oh, yes. he's getting a lot of material. Wow, oh, yes. good material. So <laughs> many stories, stories for days. So tell us how have you worked out? How do you, how does someone who's trying to model this, how do you play it out with your kids? Like, how do you, do you have teachings for them or process for them? Do they, you ask them to go write things down? What, how, just, I know the moms out there, I'm putting my head myself in the, the listener's ear. And I know we're gonna have a lot of moms go, okay, I'm a feeler. How do I help steward this with my kids? Yeah. You know, I actually, this is, probably my favorite thing about being a mom is connecting with my kids and like drawing them out emotionally. Mm. I, I, I do, I keep returning to that word, but I find them fascinating. Like, what are you thinking? What yeah, are you feeling? Good. Especially as they become teenagers and they get a little more reticent and, oh, yes. you know, yes. inner and complicated, a little more tangled. Oh, yes. So <laughs> trying to like draw that out and be like, so what's going on? Mm-hmm. I do think as moms, if you're a feeler, what's so great about that you can use that strength with your kids to just say, Hey, something's up. You want to tell me about it? And you can be that safe place. Um, I always want to be the first place my kids come. I always want them to feel like 
they can tell me anything. Um, that doesn't mean we're not going to deal with it if there's a thing, you know, but that I'm going to be like, Hey, I have been there. I love sharing my emotional messes with my kids from not, you know, I don't share the the current, like, ah, I'm freaking out about this, you know, but like, Hey, I remember this time when this happened and I handled it so badly and they love to laugh at me. And yes, yes. Those stories, when we share our emotional journey with our kids are just priceless. Um, I remember my own dad, I mean, doing that with me, like I saw my dad cry. What, like what daughter gets to experience that? What a blessing that he was not afraid to share his emotions. So it's something I enjoy with my kids. That's good. So you don't shame them. You don't box them. You really allow, draw them out. Like yeah. Allow them to be the feeler that they are. So I, I think the challenge when you have more than one kid is making sure that the biggest feeling child isn't yeah. the only one whose feelings get hurt. Wow. That's good. That's yeah. a good suggestion. Yeah. Cause some kids are just more quiet with their, fe- their feeling, but they're not as expressive yeah. and bubbling over as someone like me. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That's really good. My son, we call him the reluctant big feeler. He gets drowned out, you know, by the girls sometimes. So we have to say, okay, everybody be quiet. We want to know what Blake is thinking and what Blake is feeling. And he's, you know, it'll take him like a little while to put his thoughts together, but making room for that is really important. Oh, that's so good. Well, before you go, um, I want to ask what, what's your hope for the person who reads this book? You know, I hope, first, I hope they'll have a lot of fun, like Mm. realizing that diving into your emotional side is, it's great. Like fantastic. God made you, whether you're a reluctant feeler and you prefer, you know, to handshake your feelings, not hug them, Mm. whether you're a steady or a big feeler, like God made you who you are. You have incredible gifts. I hope you feel empowered to use those gifts in your family, your friendships, your community, your church, wherever you go. I also hope that people feel really equipped that they're like, I have some scriptures and I have some really doable strategies that I can take home with me and I can start using today to lead my emotions instead of my emotions always leading me. Preach. So good, <laughs> Elizabeth. Okay, before you go, we ask these three rapid fire questions. Ready? Oh I didn't okay. tell you these. Um, kombucha or coffee? Coffee. Oh, you're a coffee. Of course you are. I'm like, are all writers coffee drinkers? Do I you know, drink coffee? Is that the, is that the, the secret drink? I, I think it is. I think it like comes with the writing gene. I don't know. For me, it does. <laughs> That's so true. That's so good. Okay. Favorite way to move your body? Ooh. Um, I love um, straps. You know, those the straps, that hang fr- straps that hang from the ceiling and they're like... Um, TRX? TRX. Yes. TRX yes. bands or straps or yes. whatever. Those yeah, are so it's like favorite. body weight kind of stuff. Those are fun. Yeah. Like using your own body weight and you can mm-hmm. do all kinds of weird shapes and <laughs> shapes <laughs> True. you do that. like an alligator chomp that kills your shoulders and yeah yeah that's so good okay now tell all the ladies where you get your yoga pants active wear from what's your favorite favorite is i never know if you if it's athleta or athleta athleta 
Yeah. Athletics, I hate oh, so that's my favorite, but I can't usually afford it. I <laughs> get it over sale. their website often. No, they do a good job. Yeah, they have good stuff. Well, you can wait for the sales. When they do sales, they do good ones for sure. <laughs> Elizabeth, thank you for hanging out with us today. Our people, I just, I have visions of the people I know who listen that are going to be blessed by this. You're affirming them. God made them this way, but we definitely always have growth and learning to do. So you guys, the book, All the Feels, Discover Why Emotions Are Mostly Awesome and How to Untangle Them When They're Not. So you can get it. Amazon, I'm sure, right? Oh, yeah. Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Barnes & Noble, all Christian the places. All the places. And you can follow Elizabeth on Instagram. We'll have it in the show notes. And uh, check out her website, too. We'll put that in the show notes. So thanks, Elizabeth, for hanging out. Thank you. It was really fun talking to you.